When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, this podcast is all that you get. A Ted Lasso podcast and post show recaps. You better believe it. Welcome to our Ted Lasso talk. I'm Josh Wiggler, and I'm joined here by Antonio Mazzaro, as always, a man whose texts to me you never want to pause down on for a prolonged period of time. <laughs> yes, because I tell you I want to see you get eaten by squirrels, yes, Josh. Uh, with yeah. great frequency. It's alarming how often you uh, you text me yeah. such things. Very specific in my uh, directives. Oh, my God. This is... Ted L- I'm not your Jane Payne. I'm not You're your not Jane Payne. You're not my Jane Payne. Obviously no. not. You are my everything, though. And we are going to get into everything. Coach Beard, as it is time, to turn off the lights, dim them down, just a scooch. <laughs> Who is, what is this as voice? As we settle in for a little bit of Beard <laughs> After Hours. Unsubscribe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! And for the rest you- <laughs> of this podcast episode, I'll speak in this voice to do a thing. That's a <laughs> unbreaking format. You see? Uh, oh try- please! <laughs> try- Don't make me come try- out against the thing that I love about this episode. Trying something new on. Uh, yeah, it's like wearing mm-hmm. a different Doesn't hat. Fit. You see? Yeah. Would you like yeah. an artful Dodger Wiggler's Wombats cap? <laughs> The problem is, if you put one of those hats on, then Fagin shows up. <laughs> Here he is again, this little turd. Yes. Uh, all right, Beard After Hours. Uh, it's the Coach Beard episode, directed by Sam Jones, coming your way from writers Brett Goldstein and Joe Kelly. Uh, Brett Goldstein, obviously Roy Kent himself. It is uh, not quite all Brendan Hunt all the time, but it is a lot of beard. It is uh, a very, very substantial amount of beard. Indeed, the most beard we have gotten. And indeed, I would say uh, the the only episode that has, uh, has really gone all the way in spotlighting one specific character, basically. A couple like side stories in here, especially with the guys from the bar, uh, from the pub. Um, but otherwise it is, uh, it is truly living up to its title beard after hours. Definitely. And this is something I believe I, I will say, I don't know this firsthand. I have read it that, uh, this is something that Bill Lawrence did on scrubs a lot. Bill Lawrence, the co-creator of Ted Lasso, uh, the sort of the TV, uh, sitcom old hand that was brought in to guide this project from Joe Kelly and Brendan Hunt and, uh, Jason Sudeikis, uh, Bill Lawrence was, was that he, that's his role in this. And he's the guy 
responsible for scrubs, and I'm given to understand this was fairly common in scrubs, that it happened three or four times at, at least throughout the length of the run of the show. And it gives them an opportunity to stop down on a side character, uh, really inform the audience about what this character's motivations are, uh, how they fit into the greater part of the story. So it, it seems to be that this is a Bill Lawrence stock and trade. Uh, and when they were called on to add extra episodes to this season, uh, it seems like a good opportunity for them to do that. So I, I think that's a lot of what the genesis of this episode was. Uh, but as for the Exodus or maybe the Leviticus, I don't know. Uh, but this was the genesis of this episode for sure. This is a Bill Lawrence thing that he does. Um, uh, yeah. and, and it, it makes sense that we, we saw it here when they had to add extra episodes. Yeah. I am more than anything, like probably my biggest takeaway as a Ted Lasso podcaster is I'm so psyched that we unequivocally now have like, what was that extra episode? What's the 12th episode? What was the, yeah, well, they ordered two more. Christmas and beard after hours. Very yeah. easy. We'll never yeah. speculate about it ever again. Whenever I order two extra, those are always the things I'll I go never, to. Christmas and beard after I'll hours. Never, I'll never, ever bring it up again. Uh, is okay. this one the, is this one the extra? No, all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll never yeah. do it again. Uh, so I'm thrilled that that I is done. I beg you to do that with next <laughs> Oh, I mean, you just kind of scooped the bit. Uh, <laughs> that's obviously you. what's going to happen next week. I beg you. Uh, I actually have uh, the memory of a goldfish, which would make Ted Lasso pretty happy, and I will forget to yes. do the bit next week. Um, yes. So it's the beard episode. I've been out here on the podcast being like, I don't need, I have all the beard I need. I don't need any more beard. I'm good with my beard. Like, I don't need, I mean, I, w I could use more literal beard on my face. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the show, like, I'm pretty good. And then last week we talked about this because uh, you get to, you get, you get tipped off on what is the title of the next episode. Uh, you know that it's beard after hours. It's like, okay, so we are, uh, we're going in, we're doing, we're doing the beard episode. Um, and for someone who is like, I, I feel like the character works best in some measure of enigma, some measure of mystery without knowing too much about the guy, uh, like that, I, I'm nervous about what we're going to do with a, with a full scale episode. And fairly clearly, I think the reaction has been it polarizing, uh, yeah. to use a, a favorite buzzword. Uh, and it's been a little divisive. And there are some people who are like really out on the episode, other people who are like, all the way in on the episode. Uh, and we're going to do, you know, we're going to talk about this for a good long while. We've got nothing else to talk about, but beard, beard, beard all the time, basically this week. Uh, and I will just give the very quick react that I'm pleased to report that I really liked it. Uh, I come out on the side of like, I, I mostly really like this one. I would stop short of saying like, I utterly loved this episode, but I really enjoyed it. And I think as far as like a beard episode goes, this was about like the best that I could have hoped for was like one that isn't like, uh, going like deep, deep, deep into the rabbit hole of Beard's past and like what Beard's side hustles are and stuff like that. And more about like Coach Beard goes on a freaky deaky night of the soul uh, after losing a horrific game that is haunting him for the rest of the evening and shenanigans ensue. Um, that is about the best uh, outcome that I could have hoped for. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm very pleased that that's the direction this went in. Same. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said... Maybe we don't need an episode that tells us more about Beard's background, how he came to be, that sort of thing. I think the good news is here, we didn't get that. He still is an enigma to me. Uh, he's just an enigma who we have a little more emotional connection to now. And I think that is important. Uh, I think it's important for a lot of reasons. It certainly, look, if you didn't like the episode or you didn't like the fact that we're watching it week to week and we're doing podcasting and 
the, the rest of the time anyone sees this, it will be binged. And so it's going to hit different for them. Uh, they'll be able to pick up with Rebecca and Sam right. and the cheers of it all right away after 40 minutes instead of after two weeks, uh, like you're doing right now, watching week to week forever for the rest of time. People will be able to take this in in a binge and it's probably going to hit differently for them. Uh, so it's not my job to tell you that you shouldn't like that or you should expect more. Uh, I certainly feel everyone's entitled to feel how they want. I do think it's really valuable, and I don't think we will know the value of this. We may not know until the end of the series when we look back and see, and it really helped that we got a glimpse into the effects of the losing, the effects of Ted maybe not taking things seriously, uh, the effects of the coaching style, uh, the clash between Beard and Ted, and and who wears that? Who wears the pain from that, uh, and how do they wear it? Um, That, I think, all really is a little bit top of mind in this episode, as Beard is literally haunted by a blue moon hanging over him throughout, uh, really thinking about the loss. The TVs are talking to him. I think this is a really important episode to see the emotional impact of some of what's happening at Richmond. I've gone on and on in this podcast about how they were relegated, and we just haven't really seen the practical effect of that. And I know, you know, you could say, well, Rebecca's so rich. Like, everybody who owns these teams are rich. Like, that's not part of the equation here. Like, these players are going to be making less money. The fans are going to be really upset by relegation. Uh, it, it's going to impact a lot. Now, this is not, as I've said, one of these small English village clubs, uh, where the entire town or village depends on the club having some repute when it comes to football. Uh, this is London, right? It's a part of London. So it doesn't affect them that way. But the practical effects of the Ted Lasso methods, I think, are really important uh, for us to see how they play out. And I think we've seen that a lot with Nate this season, how Ted's microaggressions, and maybe they're not even intentional, but the way Ted treats Nate, whether it's giving him a dummy whistle or throwing Higgins into his office or laughing at him when he wants to be a big dog. We've seen the practical effects of the Ted Lasso management style vis-a-vis Nate. We just haven't seen how it fully will play out, but we have seen it. But Beard's like Ted's right hand. Beard came with Ted over to this job. What makes Beard tick? Why is he here? And how does the Ted-Beard relationship and the secret sauce really work there? I think those are important things that inform our characters, that inform the narrative and the drama. And so learning more about how Beard reacts to this and how he's wearing it and where he's at emotionally in the course of this season, I think it is really valuable. And I don't think we'll really know the value of learning that uh, until we watch more episodes. So I think it's unfair to criticize whether it was quote-unquote worth it or not, until we have seen the rest and can make that determination. For me, I really liked it the first time I watched it. I loved it the second time Interesting. I it. When, yeah. Yeah. The, the first time, you know, I wasn't sure where it was going. There was some level of anxiety, like that it could end up in a darker place or that it was going to go somewhere that I wasn't comfortable it with. It definitely um, had that vibe, right? Like, yes. the, like, the, yeah. like, you know, there was definitely like, it was, I mean, I think a big issue is like, maybe a little bit even less about like, is this necessary or even like the timing? Um, Like those are definitely parts of this conversation, I think. And then like another piece, I think that is like worth talking about too, is like the tone of it. Cause it is so, it's so different from any other episode of Ted Lasso, not just in its focus, but also in like the way it unfurls Um, that I'm not, I'm not mad at, you know, sign me up with all the other uh, people who are saying, got to take the swing. 
You know, a show's got to take a swing. A show's got to take a risk. A show's got to try and do something. And like, if it if it knocks it out of the park, that's incredible. And that those are your international assassins and stuff like that. Um, and even like getting on base, which I think at the very least this one does. Sorry, I'm bringing baseball into it. Uh, is like is is <laughs> how dare is you? Worth the effort when you've got 12 episodes in a second season anyway. Like, why not take the shot? Um, yeah. So like, I called it a to you in text. I called it a Ted Lasso heat check. You know, like they know they're now it's like, yes, that's it. (laughs) Another sport, right? They're firing on all cylinders and they know it. So they're like, let's just see what we can do. Like, let's see how well we can stick. Well, let's call it a side beard episode. Can we, can we make a Ted Lasso episode that feels like a Ted Lasso episode that is devoid of the football that is devoid of Ted Lasso himself almost entirely. And that is devoid of a lot of the other stuff in the show that makes it work. All the characters uh, and, are effectively gone, except for Roy yeah. Kent, who's in a bodysuit looking like Dave oh. Batista. Uh, Roy Kent, <laughs> Roy Kent, as you yeah, and I yeah. call him. Yeah, yeah, Roy Kent. Uh, so those guys are gone. I mean, like we get, we did get May, we did get Jane, we got Beard, and of course we got uh, Bash, Jeremy, and Paul from the pub. Uh, but other than that, yeah, a pretty empty. I mean, we have the scene at the end, and that's it. But also, so, like the warm fuzzies are gone. That's a character, right? You know, like yeah. the vibe is different. Like cause what what I was going to say is like there were moments where I thought like Beard was going to get like dangerously hurt. Yeah, you know, like in the alley with with Fagin with Jimmy Tart's dad, uh, Jamie Tart's dad. <laughs> Fagin rather, sorry, Tart, Fagin Tart. Yeah, like I like that was very scary. Like I was like. For the first time ever, like watching the show, I was like concerned for someone's like physical well-being. Like I haven't really been to to memory like really concerned about someone's like physical well-being in terms of like their like uh their like mortal peril. And I didn't see, see like the world where like Coach Beard is getting killed in this episode. That's not a thing that I'm like watching for. But like I like found myself like kind of like getting lost in like that worry. Uh, even knowing like that's not a thing that's really going to happen, like that's not a, a feeling I've ever had. Like as quickly as I was able to like put that away, that's not a feeling I've ever had watching an episode of Ted Lasso before. So I think like the tone is worth the conversation. Definitely, and I, I love the word tone anyway. Yeah, I know you but, do. Uh, yeah, but I um, I think the tone was the Ted Lasso tone was there in a couple of moments. Uh, Ted Lasso is a show about people being nice to each other on some level, uh, and. I really like there, you know, there, there's some great stuff happening in the post show recaps patron discord. Uh, I really thought the discourse about this episode was excellent. Uh, and I really was thrilled to see. I always love it when I see comments in that channel. I love that people are talking about the show and our podcast. Uh, that makes me feel really good. Uh, but, uh, Catherine is watching it for the first time. I, uh, and Catherine, it just says, wow, he's just a really pleasant person. <laughs> I love this. Like that's the Ted Lasso show. It's people being nice to each other and. Strangely enough, we had a lot of that in this episode, yeah. whether it was Roy Kent being a decent guy to Beard when it was all said and done, uh, or whether it was Beard uh, helping Jeremy Bass and Paul onto the pitch at Nelson Road. That was great. And the, the euphoria that came with that. Uh, Beard's dance at the end, I thought, was uh, in the Ted Lasso way, very euphoric and cathartic. So even like there the, are a lot of those the moments. coffee and like fulfilling the obligation, yeah. like he'll be here yeah. type of deal. He'll be here. Um, they count on each other in that way. And it's worth yeah. it. Yeah. I think that like the like, it, it, you know, the, like it, the show is already like highs and lows. It's just I think the highs like uh, like really stand out and they make like the lows punch harder. And so like the the uh, the ratio was off. It was skewed differently. Uh, so like it was. The, the lows are much more prevalent in this one. And I think that they do make like the highs of this episode, like the lassoisms, uh, like the like sort of like the classic feel of the show, 
um, hit like uh, I was gonna say hit harder, but it's like it was like like there are these moments where you get to breathe uh in a in a way where like it's like it's usually like the the joy is like of of watching Ted Lasso is like getting to you know like getting all of these moments that are so fun so great such great character development and then like the shock of getting like a gut punch uh like yeah. that's the experience of watching the show watching an episode yeah. that's mostly gut punch and then it's like okay breathe we're on we're we're on the pitch like we're getting we're getting Baz Jeremy and Paul uh, onto the field and they're euphoric like breathe Beard's dancing, breathe. Uh, Roy Kent isn't here to kill Beard, breathe. You know, so like the the valve is just flipped. It was like a total. It was like a complete like mirror universe almost, which I I think is kind of interesting. I think it's going to hit different uh, automatically by by virtue of that like uh, like tonal contrast that like we're doing like this episode is doing the ratio completely flipped from how we normally do Ted Lasso. Um, but I think for me, it 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 works more than it doesn't. It definitely works more than it does. I think that's a really good observation about it being flipped. I, I have said, you know, that a big part of Ted Lasso and a big part of comedy in general, right, is making your belly laugh so that your belly is exposed and then sliding a knife in between your ribs uh, with the, the gut punches, as you're describing. And this one is definitely flipped. But I, I think it makes sense, as I was saying. Like, it makes sense that these losses take a toll on people and for a season that it in and of itself has been frequent with more darker episodes or moments uh than the first season i think it makes sense like i just think it does fit uh and it does even though it is different and even though it breaks the mold i don't think it shatters it in two i think it really bends the mold it shapes the mold um this is, it shapes it to beard sort of being like this is a guy who doesn't display a lot of emotion, doesn't display a lot of anything, but he is prone to just shouting things, right? Like whether it's like Bebe or, you know, just shouting out things in the office in response or these outbursts, like when he's singing the Lady Gaga, uh, bad romance at the, in the first series, the first series, it's like, this doesn't fit because this is a very excited, like energetic, intense, insane version of this guy. And in that way, it does fit because he's so quiet. So these explosions matter. And so I think having Beard be the center of this one, it makes sense that the tone would be different. And I, I, what I think really is interesting about it is the tone isn't explosive in many respects. Uh, it's, it's really contemplative. Like the, the, the opening song, like changing the Ted Lasso theme. I, yeah, My I know that, you, that really worked for yeah. you. You're a big Tweety. Well, guy. I'm not a huge, like, I'm not a huge music. Obviously, I love music. I'm a human being, but like, I'm not like super hip to like, uh, to certainly like modern music or like, you know, like being really plugged into all the new hotness. I'm, I am but an old man here. Uh, I like my Final Fantasy soundtrack <laughs> very much. Thank you. Uh, but <laughs> that's what older people like. Uh, no, I don't know. Yeah, that's basically it. Uh, but as <laughs> as far as like uh, like my actual music tastes go, like I have crushed so much Wilco. Wilco is like a is a go to, and and Jeff Tweedy in particular, and a lot of his solo stuff, and a lot of his non Wilco projects too. You and I were texting about Mermaid Avenue and uh, his collaborations with uh, with Billy Bragg, uh, and getting to hear like Tweedy like on uh doing the the lasso theme like my ear perked up immediately was like is that jeff tweedy is this and he was like he was like yeah yeah it is kind (laughs) of me uh and i loved it yeah i thought it was beautiful it was so good and it it is a perfect tone setter setter. you love that word i do i love the word setter uh (laughs) 
My favorite is an Irish. Uh, it really was great, uh, to have that. And I love that the show in both of the kind of stuck on episodes, because in the Christmas episode, they sort of remixed the theme as well. This seems to be a popular thing that's happening right now. Uh, what we do in the shadows, Josh, I'm dating this podcast episode, but episode four of season three this week did a great, uh, they, they sort of walk their way into the theme of that show, which is a, a certified banger, by the way. Um, they walked their way into it a different way and they did the theme, the intro theme differently. This is just the thing I think shows are playing with. It's not, it's not altogether uncommon, but, uh, seeing Ted Lasso do it in this way, apparently the director of this episode, uh, is a guy who is known for a directing the, like the Wilco yes, documentary. Which is, so he uh, had incredible. The yeah. I'm trying to break your heart, uh, which I think was about the making of Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Uh, that would make sense. Yeah. Cause yeah, that's right there at the beginning. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that, so that, that's the director of this episode. And they just said, Hey, can you, can you get us can somebody hit, like, can you hit up Tweety? And like, Tweety's like, yeah, can you, can you, said, can you tweet yeah, at Tweety? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might be all that you get. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they got Tweety. They, they did the theme. I, it's great. Uh, that, that whole moment was great. I, I'm shocked, honestly. I, I do think, I mean, I said I love the episode, especially the second time I watched it. And that is true. But I'm just shocked with how long they let it go, like how much time they took with some of this stuff. Like the Beard Odyssey begins with him taking the tube home. Like I did not think in any world, like Beard telling Ted, I got to go walk this off. I don't want to ride the bus back with you guys. I did not think in any world it would would end with Beard just walking into his house. And yet that's how this episode begins, uh, is Beard taking the tube back to his house uh, I just like, no, he was going to go out for a crazy night in the town. What's he doing at home? Yeah. Like, I'm just shocked with how like slow they played all of this. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Uh, did he, did he walk to a further away stop on the tube? You know, like, did he, you know, he didn't go to like the local stop and he just walked a little bit farther than he needed to. The one that was like a little further from where they were playing that evening. Yeah, they were at Wembley Stadium and they got on the Wembley Park tube. I don't oh, know. So no, uh, probably not. But I don't know. I don't know what was on his mind. Maybe it was just the train ride. Like maybe that's all he needed uh, to kind of cool his head a little bit. But clearly it wasn't because when he gets home, he's hallucinating things on the television like uh the David Fincher movie The Game. That's what it reminded me of. There's a great scene in that movie where the television starts saying things that it doesn't make sense that the television mm-hmm. would be saying. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like, wait a minute, what the hell is happening yes. here? Uh, and using these actual pundits, uh, one of whom is a legendary footballer. Uh, well, both of whom really, but, uh, it, Thierry Henry's case, like Thierry Henry is like one of the most legendary players in the Premier League era. Uh, and to see him playing for comedy, uh, is, is really funny. Like it just, uh, I, I mean, it's just Gary Neville too. Gary Neville himself, a former player, uh, United, a uh, one club man. And he, he was also a premier league legend, but Thierry Henry is like, just like God tier, uh, footballer. And so to see him playing uh, a goofy on Ted Lasso was, was crazy and has such a problem with beard. Might I add, he wants to give him the pep talk that's going to cause him to take his own life. That's brutal. <laughs> I mean, how dare you, Thierry? What are we, Henry? what are we supposed to take, uh, from, uh, what we know about beard and his experiences here, though? We learned last week he accidentally drank the mushroom tea. Uh, like how much of this episode, Antonio, is a trip? I don't think any of it is. I mean, I don't think any of it is. I think it all happened. Uh, and I do believe that. You don't uh, think Coach Beard was dead the whole time? No, 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 Uh no. Do you? No, I don't. 
no. Do you think this is like some kind of purgatory no, situation? No, 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 sure? no, no, sure? no. He was trying to go back the whole time. He had to go back <laughs> he did. home. He did. So that's the other thing. I want to say, I, I thought, I, I said I thought it was weird that they started by just having him say, I got to walk this off and then having him go right home. But uh, this is also a tribute to the Martin Scorsese movie, After Hours. Sure, literally named um, after it. Yeah, yeah, Beard After Hours, After and Hours. And modeled after it very much. Yes. Itself a movie uh, about uh, a guy who's trying to get home and is having a bit of a long night of his own uh, and gets into a bunch of ant- uh, just uh, hijinks uh, and a bunch of things that are happening to him as he's trying to return home. Very similar vibe, very similar moments. I have not seen After Hours in a very long time. Yeah, I was going to try and I, check it out before the podcast and the timing did not work out for me. I remember you know, th- that there's a femme fatale in this episode. I remember Linda Fiorentino uh, playing a very similar role in After Hours, the and I remember is so great though. All she wants to do is collect trousers, uh, <laughs> and like she and Roy Kent seem to actually be rather happy together. But just the vibe of it was so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, well, she really did enjoy that anger. I of mean, course. she loved yes, that. Yeah. yeah, run like yeah. she really did. Like she really liked how that was all playing yeah. out. That was all part of the design. Um, sure. The whole line. What was the? Uh, oh God, I gotta fish it out. Of uh, uh, what? What does he say about the trousers that absolutely destroyed me? I have to search back through the. Oh, about how they're they're made that way so that people can kiss his yeah, ass. Yeah, so they can kiss his ass quicker or something like yeah. that. More easily, uh, quicker, or something that to that effect. Rocked me. I thought that was so so funny. There were a couple of moments in this episode that just like utterly annihilated me. But I don't want to. I don't want to. You also really like. <laughs> When, Orion's belt. You know, when the boys are being told to act cool and Beard like 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 presses himself into the into the wall is like his yeah. instinct and everybody else is trying to be cool and I don't know which one it is uh, that just points up at the sky and shouts look Orion's belt uh, that was playing it so cool uh, just played it <laughs> yeah, as cool that's as what you- I do when I'm playing it cool I talk about <laughs> constellations just play it as cool as humanly possible yeah <laughs> he was like very contemplative about it just like oh Ryan's belt yeah you know? the line he says to the to the femme fatale to the tailor I shall call her uh, we shall call Mary her the tailor. Uh, call her Mary the tailor uh, uh, he, yeah he says they're designed that way to make it easier for people to kiss my ass is such a good line uh, I, I fell out of my chair I thought that was so good his uh, repartee was, was fantastic yeah. Beard's got some game he's talking about Prince Andrew, uh, you know, like uh, one exposed artist can bring down the monarchy itself. And how dare you talk about Prince Andrew that way? That is a slam dunk joke, <laughs> yeah. like home run, home run. Well, there was a great like, I think that uh, why I liked the episode more than than I uh, than I feared I would um, was a like I like to I like I decided to check my baggage last week. I was like, it's coming. So just like brace yourself for it. Like I'm good. Like I'm 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 going in as open as humanly possible. So like I think I was like in a good mood to like take it on. Um and then the other piece of it is like that yeah, I do think that this episode is less like a like the story of Coach Beard and more like uh like less about who who was Coach Beard and much more about who is Coach Beard. Uh and that is a huge difference. Uh just uh just right away that we're like really dealing with like beard in the present and like what is beard all about and you know very likely like what beard has been about for a long time but like he has a line here that obviously like speaks to the way that the character has been presented uh uh throughout the show so far and i think 
that like when it was framed this way for me, it was like something that was like really helpful with the idea of like, okay, we're doing the beard standalone episode was when he says, I listen more than I talk, right? Like he has like some line that is uh, effectively that way. Yeah. That's how he was able to do the uh, impression of the Irish professor. Yes. Like I listen more, I listen more than I talk, uh, that that is like his vibe. And like, that is very, like very plainly his vibe based on everything we've seen of beard on the show so far. So like, uh, it it does us uh, some good probably to like take the opportunity to like the guy who doesn't talk very often and listens all the time like maybe let's like listen to what's like emanating off of this character. Uh, that's a that's a really good way to put it. Like that's what I was trying to capture earlier when I was saying like it makes sense that we would want to shift the perspective a little bit. And we've been in this bubble and seen how Ted's antics and living with Ted affects people. I think living with the guy who listens all the time and doesn't talk and really listening to him, that's got the value. That's got the value of that perspective yeah. that I was trying to get at earlier. Oh, and also speaking of earlier, I called Gary Lineker, Gary Neville. So I'm going to get some letters about that one. Uh, but it's Gary Lineker who was the Well, if they just Gary make Neville. it like what? Like eight minutes further, then hopefully they can uh, unsend the letter. <laughs> How dare two separate <laughs> middle-aged white men named Gary yeah. uh, both be involved in the football world? Yeah, uh, I, I don't, don't know. I don't appreciate it. I don't that. know. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I think you're really right to, to say it. Like that, that's the value of it. Like it is that Beard listens all the time and he's a sponge and he's constantly taking stuff in. Still waters run deep. And so I think it's very interesting to see how deep and why. And his repartee is very funny in the moment. Uh, I especially liked uh, the sort of meta joke when he is talking to the woman at the club and he can't get in the door and he's trying to get her name uh, and he's very rude. He says, you're very rude. What's your name? <laughs> and she tells him, she tells him her name and he, she says, what's your name? Which by the way is something that we have all wondered, like people watching the show. He's known as coach beard. Rebecca calls him coach beard. Other people call him coach beard. Is his name really beard? Like, that doesn't make sense. So when Sarah Coombs asks him what his name is, it's like, okay, here we go. We're going to actually find out his name. Like, Here's the thing we're going to do in this episode. And his line is, that's none of my business, which is like a Bugs Bunny type response. That's yes. very funny from the writers. But I also kind of wonder if that's what they told uh, the actor, if that's what they told Brendan Hunt. That's none of your business. So when he says it, that's none of my business. It is none of his business. He shouldn't know. There's another moment where he's talking about a simulation. We should just tip our caps to the man pu pulling the strings. And it's like, that is, once again, an actor being forced by the writers to credit the writers. Very funny. I really <laughs> yeah, that is that. good. Uh, yeah. In this interview with TV Line that Brendan Hunt did, um, he talks about how uh, they do not have uh, Beard's name yet. Uh, that Beard's name was never going to come out in this episode. Uh, he says, we might do it someday, but it was never on the table to do it this episode. We never thought of this as an episode where we find out a lot about Beard, just that this is an episode where we put Beard through something. And if we ever do reveal Beard's name, by which I mean if we ever decide it, we have options, but we don't know what we're going to do. It definitely won't be for a <laughs> while, he says. Uh, that feels like uh, series finale material uh, if they do the three-season arc. I... Uh, this quote that he says, we never thought of this as an episode where we find out a lot about Beard, just that this is an episode where we put Beard through something. Like, to, like, like hear that, like, underlined by not just the actor who plays Beard, but he's one of, like, the lead writers on the show. You know, he's, like, very centrally located in the creative of this series. Uh, yeah. Like, was like, okay, great. I'm picking up what they're putting down. That feels good. 
for me. Um, and like whether or not you like enjoyed or like grokked the something that they're putting him through is like obviously very like subjective and, and taste dependent. Um, like no harm, no foul. If it just like wasn't your thing. Uh, but I think that like that, that ethos, like that sort of like guiding principle of like the narrative structure of the episode was like, this is not like the let's find out like wrote the, like the Rosebeard, you know, like that's not the thing. <laughs> Rosebeard was his sled. Uh, like, you know, this is, this is where we find out like, you know, some sort of like huge secret, uh, about beard in the past. <laughs> Are you okay? I'm just imagining him whispering. Rose yeah. Beard. <laughs> that, Maybe that's his first name. Maybe his first yeah, name is Rose. Rose. Uh, Rose Beard. Yeah, it's spelled R-O-W-S, though. It's like Rouse, like when you're like uh, <laughs> having a row. Uh, yeah. And uh, it, that it's not about that, that it is about like he's going through a journey and we're following him. And I think like what you framed really early inside the first 10 minutes of this podcast, Antonio, um, about how like if you want to make this episode matter to the show, um, a big thing that matters is that, like, this is the guy who, uh, this, we're watching someone, like, suffer, like, the consequences of the loss. Like, the, like, the, like, the psychic, uh, emotional consequences of, like, the vicious beating that they just took. Um, and when you frame that, especially at the end of the episode, with, like, the lassoism, like, the moment that we're talking about, like, this brings you back to Ted Lasso, not just the show, but also the character, and therefore, yeah. maybe some of the issues that are emanating from the character within the story of the show, that Beard yeah. just goes through everything he just went through uh, processing the loss, and of course he's processing the loss all throughout the episode. Uh, I'll say it uh, now, and I'm sure you will go deeper on it later, but like the blue moon, you know, it's the it's following him the whole episode. There's the moon in the background. Um, yeah. Clearly, uh, you know, the 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 loss is literally hanging over Beard's head the entire episode, uh, just haunting him, following him around. Um, and the way that Ted reacted to it was to cut together uh, a supercut set to Benny Hill. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like ah well, bloop bloop bloop. So we lost yep. another one. And like the only time that we have like really seen ted and beard at like actual actual factual odds uh was over this very idea of like um does winning actually matter is that the point uh and uh beard like screamed at ted last season like it matters these are adults these are professionals and winning matters and it's okay for that to matter um and like ted's obviously got a lot that he's got to go through right now um but like uh you know for for beard to be taking this as hard as he is contrasted with like sometimes you just have to laugh at how thoroughly you get defeated there's certainly wisdom to that but i think the contrast is very very sharp when you think about it for a little bit more um in terms of like who is like the closest person to Ted Lasso on this show? It's Coach Beard, and he yep. is being hit like a you know by a Mack truck. Um, the way he's reacting to all of this, he's being hit in the face by a bunch of strangers in a tunnel. Uh, over the over the results here, and Ted's just and Ted's got jokes, you know. Ted's got Benny Hill, and the the blocking of that scene is telling. Uh, if you watch as Ted suggests it. Roy sort of sidles over and stands next to Nate and Roy and Nate are enjoying it. And then Beard is sitting at his desk alone, puts his hat over his eyes and sleeps yeah, and that, uh, that, with those incredible pants on. I want those pants. I so want them for you, man. 
really yeah, badly. I need it plays I like need he's them. tired, right? Like it plays like we yeah. saw his whole night, and it's a it's a it's a miracle that he showed up with uh, not just coffee, but like the correct coffee order to the tea. Uh, no tea, uh, though he would like to uh, he, he he would like to be able to drink that publicly now in front of Ted, I'm sure. Um, and uh, just a couple minutes late, and so like him going like him tipping the hat and like uh, you know appearing to fall asleep. Like that can play. Certainly there's one interpretation of that where it's just like him, just like he's exhausted. He's at, he's at work. He gets, he's bought himself, uh, you know, like 20 minutes on the snooze clock. Um, the other read of it is like, uh, like this is like the, the contrast of like, uh, this is a guy who did not take everything all that well. He is not, uh, and not just the, the, you know, the loss, but the Jane stuff, obviously, if we go back over the course of both seasons at this point, uh, Beard's main story, as far as like what is his character up to, has been Jane. Uh, throughout season one, it was a joke, right? It was like, well, uh, Beard's going to do something uh, crazy in a pub and yell at Ted, as you just pointed out, and Jane's going to be there hovering, waiting, uh, and she's going to really respond to that. And she's been teasing and, and toying with a guy playing chess, and Beard's been silently observing that. But Beard and Jane, uh, that's a thing in season one, and that's a thing that is sort of what Beard is doing besides everything that Ted is doing. And then in season two, it's continued to be a punchline. It's been a point of contention between Higgins and Beard, especially as we know. Uh, but this has been Beard's story. Nate's story, of course, has been Nate the Great, the Wonder Kid, and everything that's coming with a guy who had been bullied for so long, being given the control and given the, the reins of power a little bit, and what he does with them, uh, seeing how that plays out. That's his story. Uh, Ted, we're really starting to peel back the layers. We, we go over all these things. But in Beard's case, we haven't added anything really new. Uh, so it makes sense that we should do a deeper dive on what is going on between he and Jane. Why should every other character, Josh, be three-dimensional or be having uh, some more to them? Why shouldn't we spend some time with Beard? It makes a lot of sense to me that we put him on an odyssey like this and we just have him doing these things by seeing how he reacts to them, by seeing what motivates him, what causes him to become emotional. We learn more about him. And because we learn more about him, we know more about the show and we feel more deeply connected to the narrative. At least I do. Yeah. So I feel good about it in that way. Uh, I don't want to retread over those areas. I will say, um, I think we get a little bit of that with Baz, Jeremy and Paul, the lads from the pub. Oh, um, I loved, I loved hanging out with those guys. Yes. It was, you know, it, yes. uh, you got your wish. You wanted to see them, uh, at Nelson Road. And, and, uh, I did not know where they were going when they went into like the secret I didn't horror either. tunnel. <laughs> I was like, oh, 237. No. I think, uh, definitely a shout out to the shining when you call it a horror tunnel, room 237, the notorious, yes. uh, overlook hotel room, uh, in the movie. Uh, so, I, you know, th th That's there was not a the one with more... the with the dog in it. <laughs> hope not. <laughs> no, now you got me on. Uh, now we're talking about the Americans. Now on... this podcast is going to be about the we're Americans. We're back on the Irish setter because I know where you go. <laughs> yeah. The tone. Yeah, that's the tone, an Irish. The tone setter. That's an Irish. It's an Irish setter, all yeah. right. Um, but I will say, uh, knowing more about those guys, it wasn't just that we got to have some fun with them and they got a cathartic moment. Uh, my favorite moment, at least, uh, no, in terms of knowing them a little more, um, was when they walked into this this mecca that they had wanted to go to, Bones and Honey. They pulled a caper. They all got in. They were dressed, uh, with the, uh, what was the word on the box? It was like the, the miscarded and, uh, you know, and, uh, discarded or misplaced and discarded. That's what it said on the box. Right. Um, 
that's so perfect for how they felt uh, when they walked into that place that I think it was uh, Paul who said, like, we don't belong here. Uh, and Beard was like, knock that shit off. Yeah. He was very angry about it. But that that's sort of like these guys, they, they don't have a couple cents to scrub together. They're buying the yard jerseys off, you know, people outside the ground. Like, uh, that's why they're not going down to the match. They love it every time someone buys them a beer. Like, these guys are not, you know, from this higher-end Oxford lifestyle. And knowing that about them and really getting to see that kind of round into shape just a little bit more, it just adds a lot more to me uh, in terms of the people that are invested in the fortunes of the club. I mean, learning about Richmond supportive because the number one Richmond supporter I know is Rupert fucking Manning. Yeah. And that guy is an asshole. Yeah. So I want to know more about some of these other Richmond supporters. And these are the perfect three to do it. I think it was brilliant uh, to involve them in it. Um, getting to see more of that cast. It's Bronson Webb who plays Jeremy, who called out Orion's belt. Uh, Baz is played by Adam Colborn. Uh, and he's the guy who said... And I've laughed. I watched the episode three times and I legitimate like laugh out loud uh, cackle every time. The timing of it is so perfect. We get this huge moment where Beard has gone through this Irish uh, professor using, by the way, the real life name of Elvis Costello. Oh, really? Uh, Declan. Yeah. The, De- Declan McManus is Elvis Costello's name. And I think the third, the third, one of the, the one of the four names. Three of the four names are connected to Elvis Costello. I think the Aloysius is a little bit of a De- uh, Professor Declan Patrick Aloysius McManus. I want to thank uh, Jessica Lease uh, for screenshotting this and posting. Uh, in case there was any doubt remaining that Ted Lasso was extremely my kind of thing. And then she posted a screenshot of that. Very, yeah, uh, Jess may be all in on uh, uh, Elvis Costello. Declan Patrick McManus is Elvis Costello. So the Aloysius is a flourish. Yeah. Um, Aloysius anyway. is his real name. That's where we're going. When uh, Professor McManus, uh, who says his name is Professor McManus, when, <laughs> when Jeremy Rex says, Professor McGonagall taught us a lot, yes. but he really taught us about the value of money. So funny from Baz. And then, of course, Paul, uh, Kevin Gary, the gentle giant, uh, the one who wanted to give Beard a hug, uh, the one who picked the keys up, uh, the one who asked the contemplative question about the universe and our consciousness. Um, he uh, is great as well. So those three guys. Just so great. Really love spending the time with them. It was so nice to... That was a smart way, I think, to work in more side characters. I wouldn't have minded having even more May in this episode. We did get May Can giving Beard a lot of shit. Rolled around, like if she rolls up in the limousine with them at the end of the episode, yes. it would have been amazing. It would have been, been great. It would have been great. Yeah. Yeah. Or have her on the pitch as well. Like there, There's a world where we could have had more May in this episode, and I'm fi- I would have been fine with it, and I would have loved it. Uh, but... I, I really like that we spent time with not just Beard, but some totally. of the other side but, characters But as I well. think uh, you you calling out like that moment where he's like, knock that shit off, like you totally belong here. Like there's the world in which like that's projection uh, for, for Beard, like being uh, he and Ted being like the, the cowboys in the middle of this game that they should not like. Do they have like the imposter syndrome there that like may not yeah. just be imposter syndrome, maybe like right. they shouldn't be here uh, kind of vibe uh, that like either like he's feeling that is a is a possibility that like is something that could like uh could be drummed up as we as we go along or like he is like uh like uh in like stark resistance against that idea and like confidently so um either either way i think like that that i just wanted to clock that from when you when you called that out as it pertains potentially to beard and like sort of like a character that's responding to that idea that is still on the show about you know strangers in a strange land uh triggered saying those words um but the uh the other thing is like i'm always looking for like when is the show doing a thing that's like 
they're just like doing like a microcosm of what the idea of the show is and like what is like an example that we will be able to point back to retroactively uh that like shows us like what is the arc of your show uh whether it's this show or a different show or whatever uh like is there an episode is there a storyline that like you watch it from like a to c uh like you go a b c and like you see like what that journey is going to be that is going to then be able to like be blown up and like mapped onto the greater show and i think the lads uh their journey like they're going they go to this bar uh they they have no confidence in their ability to get in let alone like stay in um they get told that they they belong here they get validated they go in they succeed on the ruse with a high degree of difficulty um they stick around and befriend the people and reveal their authentic true selves and are accepted for it and are given a, like a ton of like praise and friendship and a limousine, you know, uh, enough money to, to get a limousine and they make their way onto the pitch where they fully belong by the end of the episode. If that's not going to be like, uh, like at least a shadow of the arc of Ted Lasso overall, uh, I will not eat a snake, but you know what I mean? <laughs> we got to be careful with our snake eating promises around these parts because uh, we make a lot of calls and predictions. I, I think you're right. And I think the other thing is just the fact that they are now so deeply connected to Beard, um, is the, is the main one. Like now it's like he's validated in their eyes. Like this is a guy where, you know, when we saw Ted Lasso stalking off the pitch and when, when he had the panic attack, uh, in, the previous FA Cup match, uh, where Nate the Great pulls the Wonder Kid move. And what we have, I think it's Jeremy who yells, just when I was starting to trust you, Ted Lasso, what the hell are you doing? And that is like, there is a, uh, between the manager and the supporters of a club, there is a very thin line. Things can go very wrong very quickly. Um, it can go, you know, whole empires can be brought down in a matter of months, uh, if things go sideways with the fortunes of your football club. And so it is, uh, it is not in any, in any way. And we got the guy who calls Ted a wanker the whole time. Wanker, wanker, wanker. It comes up over and over and over again. And in the Christmas episode, it's sort of a melancholy joke when Ted's like, I think it's kind of an inside joke, like inside of his head mostly. Uh, like Ted doesn't love that, that that's happening. It's not really a term of endearment when that guy says it. So to see the supporters, uh, back beard and to see that that connection be formed, in the way that it is in this episode, I think that it only says uh, that their love of the club and their investment in the club's fortunes and these people that are in charge of it right now will be deeper uh, and it will be more personal as a result. So it was a really nice thing for Beard to do uh, to set those guys there uh, to end the night in the way. I mean, such a memorable night for those guys. And Beard is at the heart of all of it. And they're just going to be bonded to him at this point. Like there's not going to be that the, the animal like they see him as a human being now. I, I guarantee it. Yeah. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Did you, uh, did you have any thoughts that you wanted to share on um, like the whole tunnel encounter and everything kind of like surrounding it? Um, like the like sort of like, I guess, like more of like the action oriented set pieces of the episode. You know what I mean? Like. Like yeah. the chase from Royd Kent. Yeah. Uh, I got to pronounce that right. Royd Kent. Uh, and like, you know, encountering Jamie's father again. Did this feel to you like this is this is the end of Jamie's father on the season? Or is this like this is like the promise of more? Like, where did you where did you land with like how all of this played out uh, for you on your uh, on your multiple watches? I think it's probably the end of Jamie's father on the season. I would be shocked if it's the end of Jamie's father in the series. I really believe at this point you've got established repeat reinvent rule of three with Man City. Uh, Man City, uh, ends their dream of staying up and relegates them in season one. They end their FA Cup Cinderella run and send them packing embarrassingly so in season two. Seems to me like if I know, I know, no Ted Lasso subverts expectations, but if you're looking at expectations from a pattern, uh, they would probably beat Man City, uh, in the third series to win the Premier League would be my guess. Uh, and if that were the case, um, then there's no way, uh, that Fagan Tart is not involved in that. Now, will that happen? Uh, I don't know, but, uh, I think he's probably done for this season. Um, I think the rest of the story of this season will be, whether they get promoted back to the Premier League, which, by the way, um, in the last scene, uh, in a way that the Christmas episode did it, uh, but not as directly, uh, we got a shot at their record, uh, and their record uh, very clearly puts them in great stead uh, for um, their being in the playoff, if not uh, promoted outright uh, from the championship. They're doing really, really, really well. Um, really well. 21 wins, 6 losses. 16 draws. That's where they're at right so, now. That's where they're at. 79 points. I believe, I, I did not do the math on this. I believe that means they probably only have three or four matches left in the season. Um, so if they only have three or four matches left, what happens in the championship? I can't remember if we talked about this here. Uh, as you recall or may recall, the bottom three clubs from the Premier League, the bottom three clubs at the end of the season, they get sent down to the championship. They get relegated. And you would think that means that the top three clubs come up. Well, that is not true. The top two clubs come up and then three, four, five, and six go into a playoff. Uh, and then through that playoff, the eventual winner of that playoff, the most valuable uh, game in sports, ultimately, the winner of that playoff will get promoted to the Premier League. So technically, you'd only need to finish sixth in the championship in order to have a shot at promotion. And I would think 70, where they're at right now, I mean, we did the math on some of this in previous episodes. Uh, 
79 points would have put them into that, uh, into that playoff. I think in almost every championship season in the last decade or so. Yeah. So I think they're going to end with more than 79 points. It seems likely that they will be in the playoff at a minimum and probably in the, uh, it, probably in just one of those two promotion spots at a maximum. Playoff has a lot more narrative juice to it. So it makes sense. And it makes sense that Ted wouldn't understand it. Uh, and we'd, we'd kind of repeat that. It gives Ted a chance to do the Jim Mora playoffs, playoffs rant. Uh, which is another famous sports rant would be a repeat of their Allen Iverson practice right, rant right, right. joke from series which even one. I get, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of that, right? There's a lot of opportunity for them to make this playoffs. And I think their, the record is, is really good and they're headed there right now. Uh, so I don't think we'll see, uh, Man City won't be in those playoffs. Obviously they're a premier league side. So I don't think we'll see, uh, James Tart, uh, for the rest of this, uh, this season. What about you? Do you think that there's a, there's a world where we see more, uh, James Tart yeah. this season? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, de- yeah. De- depending on, um, I don't know. I, I think like I, I feel pretty good with the amount of James Tart that we've gotten, especially two episodes in a row. Like I don't need him to become like a character on the show. <laughs> this in is that where we way. did a full side episode in Manchester of James Like I'm Tart. good without that for sure. Um, I think, I think like we will not leave the series without, um, either seeing him again or at least dealing with him in a major way. Uh, as we are finding out through Ted as a character, uh, the absence of a character uh, can be just as impactful as having a character on the show. Uh, I wonder about things like that that they could do with Jamie's father. Yes, I'm wishing death upon him is what I am saying right now. Uh, <laughs> I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll mellow that rhetoric a little bit. But like I can imagine the world where like if they can't get the actor back or something like that, there's a story that they could play there. Um, but obviously, we're not done with Jamie's father. Um, I think that we are also probably not done with him um this season even if only um in terms of like how jamie and roy's relationship might move forward uh based on like the infamous hug uh by the end of um uh episode eight uh but i think like having him in like the back to back that like i guess i could see that cutting two ways one it's like an announcement of like yeah he's here in which case, I'm going to be like, oh, man, I don't need that. I really don't. This guy sucks so hard, and I just don't need to spend any more time with him. Uh, or it's like, now this is like sort of like the beard epilogue to this guy. Having shown him the door, throwing him out on his ear. Um, now having to like, uh, you know, kind of like face back the nightmare creature. You know what I mean? Like, I think like yeah. having that happen here is appropriate uh, for, um, you know, beard being like haunted by the events of the evening. Uh, it makes a lot of sense for that character to appear here. Um, I'm good to not see him again for the rest of the season. I hope we don't. As far as the action sequences go, I thought the, throughout the episode, obviously, this presented in a very cinematic, I think effectively so, very well done, presented in a cinematic fashion. Um, that gave me sort of feelings of the Droogs and Clockwork Orange. Uh, as I said, not the only uh, Kubrick kind of connection with 237. Uh, and, you know, Brett Goldstein, one of the writers of the episode himself, a huge film buff uh, and has a podcast films to be buried with. So um, he it, it's not surprising there would be these things bleeding into it. But I think a lot of it came from the director's hand as well. Uh, so that was a that was a big thing. Uh, I, I really like the way that that was executed. As far as the dumpster diving goes, there are moments, three or four moments in this episode where Beard sort of goes through a transition. Uh, where he emerges from something or he, uh, goes through these like liminal spaces. Uh, and I think that that is something that was on purpose. Um, sometimes it's accompanied by a whooshing sound effect. 
uh, but he is transitioning between places. And he does that when he goes through the, the, the tunnel into the room with the televisions, uh, at the bar, uh, at, at the, uh, the honey bar. I can't remember the other name. Uh, he goes through that in the tunnel there. Um, he goes through a curtain. Uh, when he emerges into the rave, he's almost birthed from a curtain uh, in a way. Um, and the way that he shot, uh, jumping or coming, emerging from the trash bin, uh, really feels like he is, uh, kind of, he takes a huge gulp of air. It's like he's coming up out of water, uh, or being revived of some, in some way. So I really liked the way that it was presented, uh, cinematically. I thought that, uh, really worked that Butch and Sundance jump there. Um, and I just threw out the episode, the notes of, the presentation, uh, whether it's, uh, the slamming down of the, the beer in his apartment, uh, to May slamming one down on the bar in the transition there, uh, whether it's him, uh, drinking his first glass, uh, as he begins to answer the lad's questions at the pub, uh, to pulling back out of that and seeing all the empty glasses in front of him. I just really, really liked the way this episode was made. Uh, and I appreciated that a lot more on the second time through as well, uh, in a way that I didn't on the first time through. I think more so than many Ted, La- Ted Lasso episodes. This, this one has a lot of cinematic touches. Uh, and so they all really, really worked well for me. I really just, I just loved the, uh, I love the, the appearance of Roy Kent in the way that he showed up the second time in the unexpected yeah, way. Yeah, we've got he a baby on flat. the way, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, those, I hope those were mocktails. I know you're a noted mocktail Indeed. connoisseur. Mary, Mary, the, uh, the seamstress, she was, uh, imbibing, it seemed, at the bar. Mocktails so, are super in right now. It's like a, I it's like so. a really, like, happening thing right now to not drink and own it. Uh, and like bars have been like leaning in or, you know, are they leaning in? I don't know what's going on there, but like, I'm not going to step foot into a bar anytime soon, personally, still. Uh, but like, that, well, that's the thing, right? They have to do everything they can yeah. to cater to any customer. They yeah. Can and point, it's like, so. it's definitely a thing. Yeah. It's, definitely, <laughs> it's yeah. definitely a thing. And it's like, definitely like you get your non-alcoholic menu now. Um, even if you don't, like, there's just so many different hacks. Like you get, get like a, a, a club soda and bitters or whatever. So like, maybe that's what you know. you, we're going to say. Mary was drinking a club soda and bitters. Yeah. And we're going to say she wasn't uh, really looking to uh, snare a fly in her web, so to speak. Uh, she was looking to stitch a fly. She was waiting for someone's pants to have a problem. She's a story and collector. So That's what she does. Nature provided her. Yeah, she's a story collector. She's like collector. a story collector. Uh, <laughs> the effect of what she does. Um, basically, she's a badass. Basically. Uh, uh, were there- she was great. Uh, she was great. I really, really liked uh, the noir elements as well. Like, this was... This episode was a trip, man. Like it was many different things put together. It's weird. And I think put together it's a, really coach well. weird. You know, like we- weird, 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 yeah. weird after hours. Uh, it's a, it's an, it's an odd duck in the, in the Ted Lasso pantheon. And I think like when we get to that point and it's not far away, uh, of like people making like they're the best episodes of Ted Lasso or every episode of Ted Lasso ranked. Like you're going to see this like bottom ranked on a ton of lists. Then you're going to see it like right near the top on a bunch of others. Like this is yeah. expose. This is like, this is that divisive episode. Tanaka. You know, like this is the one where like, uh, it, it's not like no one is going to agree on it. You know, the way that there are some episodes along the way on this show, like not everybody's going to agree on it. Like there's some where it's just like clearly like this was a triumphant episode and like, uh, just a, st- like a straight banger and there's just no way around it. It's if you like Ted Lasso, you love this episode. 
Um, this is not that. This is a taste. Uh, and it is not everyone's. And that's totally fine. Um, I think it was like really, it sounds like it was like really, really up your alley. I really liked it. I haven't given it nearly as much of a look as you have. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to check it back out. Like now knowing it more, I'm really excited to binge this whole season. Um, yeah, once it's all available, like that is very high on like the to do list. I think like we'll get the finale. We'll talk through the finale once that goes down. Uh, I'm sure we're going to do some sort of like bonus show to wrap up the season. And I that will be the after hours uh, podcast that we do. We'll compare after <laughs> yeah, hours yeah, to this yeah, yeah, I love it. Uh, that's a pocket. But I'll, I'll be aiming. If Apple asks us for two more podcast episodes, that's we've why. got one more that we'll do for sure. Uh, maybe we could do two. Should we do uh, uh, Survivor Richmond? No. No, <laughs> no, uh, but we could map the uh, Ted Lasso characters onto D and D Oh, that's fun! Play. I like that. I like that. I think that would be good. Um, the uh, well, I will say uh, this is just way off the map, uh, but parts of this at times uh, did remind me of a, a piece of pop culture that I've only seen one time, uh, which was a I think it was uh, from the late nineties, a Neil Gaiman uh, novel, Neverwhere, was created uh, was made into a TV show. And there were moments where you're going around the city at night and disappearing into tunnels and ending up in a different place uh, that felt very much like that to me. Uh, and so I don't think you go very far from Neverwhere to uh, D&D Ted Lasso. I think you could end up there. So uh, I just really you're I, I'm a sucker for the dark night of the soul. You you talked about it earlier. Like, I'm really a sucker for those like when a when a main character of a show gets an episode where it's just really contemplative and it's really like all about what's going on inside their heads. And it's not exposition either, not vomiting like tons of backstory up onto the table. You're not getting all of that. You're just really going deep on one in, one character in particular. Uh, and what's, what's, what's troubling them? I mean, I think my favorite Mad Men episode is the suitcase. Um, and that's itself like a dark night. Oh, of the soul. wait, like, is that are the these- one that the money's for? That's what the money is got for. It. It's for the suitcase. Okay, got yes, it, got it's it, got a Dolce it. and Gabbana bag. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a Birkin bag, a Birkin bag for Rory. Uh, that's exactly what it is. So at the end of the day, uh, I, I just am a big fan of Dark Knight of the Soul type things. And it's one of those things that you use that term and it's a loaded term. It connects to spirituality in very specific and meaningful ways. The fact that there was a little bit of that in this episode, I don't think it's by accident that we get Beard in a church communing with God. Like, this is a thing that's happening. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret's uh, child. Uh, I, you know, just weird Beard dialogue. And he's having a conversation with, with God and, and, and saying like, I know Jane is not going to fix what's wrong with me, but I, I just feel better when I'm around her. So in that way, it sounds like Jane is a drug to him. Like, not good, causing harm and damage to his body. Um, you joked at the beginning of the episode, like pause down on the text. But yeah, if you pause down on these texts, they are awful. Dark. It's uh, it is. Uh, she's in, she's abusive. This, stuff, like, she's this is like mean. it's a non-starter. It's bad. Uh, obviously, a person like deeply in pain themselves, and like just like yeah. inflicting untold amounts of horrors on Beard via text. Uh, when you like stop that and you read that stuff, and so like yeah. fully recolors the end of the episode uh like that's not (laughs) i don't read that as a happy moment that they you know reunite at the club uh that's bad it's bad but it was it was so good like it was so cathartic and it was so like the way that he explodes into that dance uh 
I loved it. Like I absolutely, as far as being spiritually uplifted, there are very few moments in this series that hit me as much as Beard just letting loose on the dance floor. It captured so well, I think, what it feels like to do that and what it feels like to do that when you need to do it for the people that that has a lot of value to. Um, after the episode that we had and after everything that Beard had been through, for him to just let it go and just just really bust it out like he did. And the song, the, the needle drop, so good. That song, Hello, certified banger. So uh, I'm... I, I actually thought them reuniting was fine because I love the emotional uplift. I guess that means I'm into club drugs, Josh. I never knew that. About I never myself. knew that about you either. Are you like? I know are you because a, it's not a thing. Are you a big not. dancer? No, yeah. no, 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 no. I I have the soul of a dancer, but I do not have the uh, rhythm of a dancer. <laughs> oh man, uh, I'd love yeah, to see some of that so, personally. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not. I mean. If you uh, if you catch me at the right time, you probably would. Okay. But, uh, no, I am not much of a dancer, but uh, like I said, I have the soul of a dancer. And when I say that, I mean I know how he felt in that moment to just let go. Like I know what what he was feeling to just really like walk into that club. <laughs> Hilarious to me. I don't even know if it's a gag because it might not be. But he, he he walks through that curtain, like he said. He like peeks his head out and he emerges born again, uh, having uh, supped of the flesh of Christ or whatever you want to say that he did in that church. Um, he steps through that curtain, and the first thing he does, he's got his AFC Richmond jacket on, right? Yeah. And he takes his AFC Richmond jacket off. Yeah, and he, he doesn't want to be. He does not same, want to be peeped here. No way. He is. He has the exact same thing on underneath. I know, but he, he doesn't has an know AFC that. <laughs> <laughs> not, it's not hilarious. It's just shorter sleeves. Yeah. Like maybe it was too hot down there, and that's why he took the jacket off. Yeah. But very funny to me that he's got like Richmond on Richmond. Here. Yeah, like that's what he wore to the match. So that's what he's got on in the club, and he's also got the pants, and the pants are doing a lot of work. Yes. Uh, he is not, he, the pants aren't wearing him. He wears the pants very well, but those pants are a thing. Uh, and the hula hooping was great. Yes. Very, very, very good. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy going back to this one. Uh, I think that, uh, I, I certainly liked it more than like, you know, I'm, I'm repeating myself here, but like, if you had told me at the start of the season, there's a, there's like a full beard episode this year, I'd be like, oh man, we don't need that. Uh, and like, um, especially after having talked it through with you i think like there's a lot of value to the episode um that i had not really put into like deep consideration that i'm still going to be chewing on after the podcast you know um and I, yeah chew on beard that's a good uh, thing uh and so like i'm 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 really happy with how much i did enjoy it like i would like not put this in like my upper stratosphere of episodes but maybe that'll change like i don't know um sometimes a, a TV show hits differently when you encounter it in a different space and a different time. I think like you said, I think this one will hit differently in a binge. Um, I think that there will be some people who, who still don't like vibe with it. And then other people who will like, just like, you know, uh, be raving by the end of it right alongside coach beard. Um, yeah, they won't, you know, I, I think people won't, they won't, they'll be like, that was weird. Like, why did we just take just like that Christmas one a few episodes ago? Why did we take, a few seconds to go away from the story and do something else. But at, at, at its heart, like it's not something else. Like Beard is a, a, big, a big part of the story. He's the Ted whisperer. Like he knows Ted better than anyone. And he's been able to say things to Ted that have resonated with Ted in, in a way that other characters can't get through. Uh, it's just really interesting to see in his internal monologue. Yeah. Uh, with with Neville and Henri, um, it, <laughs> I did that on purpose. Uh, it is very interesting to see um, where his, you know, you hear, uh, you hear them talking about how 
Beard had, Beard knew better. He knew those were bad tactics. Why didn't he say something? Why doesn't he stand up to them? Like, why doesn't he speak more? Like, I think he really hates himself. He doesn't deserve to be loved. Like, he thinks he doesn't deserve to be loved. Like, his inner monologue there is fascinating because when we ask ourselves questions about, like, why isn't Richmond doing X, Y, and Z? Like, why isn't this happening? Why isn't this happening? Well, this is why. Because we have these characters who all have their own shit going on and it's screwing them up. Like it's in their head. So when we wonder like why X, Y, and Z aren't happening, this is why, because beard is dealing with a lot of self doubt. Um, you mentioned the imposter syndrome period about being over there at all, but probably the imposter syndrome about being any kind of coach telling anyone about how to live their lives. Like this doesn't seem like a guy who necessarily feels comfortable doing that. Uh, he gives off a vibe of, don't talk to me. The, the the learning and development and helping people grow does not seem to be where Beard gets his juice out of this job. So where does Beard get the juice out of the job? Well, uh, we're starting to answer uh, where he's thirsty, at least for juice, like where he needs it. Um, he says that Jane being with Jane makes the world seem more interesting to him. Uh, but clearly, this is a guy who wants to see interesting things in the world and who has a lot of thoughts about them. So I really, really did just like all of the the running elements as well. Uh, you talked about the moons. I mean, the specifics of them don't really matter. The one that that stuck out to most the most to me, I think, was the last one, which was when Beard is crossing. I think it's at Piccadilly Circus. Which, no matter how much I love English culture, the the the, the fact that there's a thing called Piccadilly Circus and that's what it is will never not be just incredible. To me. <laughs> but, yeah. The famous video board that is shown always uh, or often in, in, in pop culture. Uh, we see the, the moon hanging over uh, that area. And then we see Beard walking by to the highlights of the match playing off, including Beard repeatedly falling over the wall and falling on his own face and trying to get up and walk and pretend like it didn't happen. And then what do we do? We see Ted all alone clapping as Beard in real life walks by on the street below. And I think that says a lot about their relationship. It says a lot about uh, Ted's role in Beard's life. I just think there's a lot of really interesting stuff here. And then, Josh, we have the keys. I mean, we didn't even talk about it yet, but we have this recurring motif of Beard losing his keys and them being given back to him. Uh, what did you think about the keys of it all? Uh, I didn't really know exactly what to make of it. Um, like, is it like, I mean, one very easy, he's lost his way. You know, and he's like losing his way further and further. He goes into the night and he's being like helped back onto his feet by all these people who are picking up his keys, who are like not letting him leave without like his way home. Um, like that, I think like that was just like the surface read that I gave it. I didn't give it too much deeper thought than that. Did you have a, have a, a, a deeper analysis of what you thought of the keys with Beard? I don't have a deeper analysis. There's a quote from, uh, Hafiz, a Sufi poet, uh, going around. Uh, that says the small man builds cages for everybody he knows, while the sage, who has to duck his head when the moon is low, keeps dropping keys all night long for the beautiful, rowdy prisoners. That's the quote. I don't think it perfectly maps uh, because Beard is dropping his keys all night long. But I think what is really uh, told there is about everybody helping Beard. Like I said, this is a Ted Lasso episode, even if it's not a Ted Lasso episode, because there's a lot of people really going out of their way to help Beard. I mean, freaking Roy Kent is riding around London at night on a scooter. Just trying to find him. Yeah. Just trying to find him to give him his stuff. <laughs> like, who does that? Yeah. Like, that is so helpful and so kind. It's such a nice gesture. He also gives him the keys separately. He doesn't give him the keys with the phone 
and the wallet. He gives him the keys separately. As I said, uh, Paul gives him the keys and says, we thought, you know, we thought you needed a hug. And then the trio does not want to own that. Paul's like, I thought you needed a hug. Uh, and then I forget the, the third time he's given his keys back. Um, but he's given his keys back again. And it's just like help. Uh, it's just help. That's all. Like people are helping beard. Like, that that is enough like it's enough that people would go out of their way to say hey like just do something for someone else like be there for someone else who is having a hard time finding their way and who needs that to get home uh have a, have a you know have a here's a hand like let me reach out my hand to you that's what ted lasso is about and yet we we have to point out these keys that uh, it's a miracle that beard is still united with when he returns home break when he puts them in the lock at the end of the episode yes. yeah yeah, because he's still afraid, you know. Like he's not, he's not through it until if he's through it, uh, he's not through it until the end of the episode. You know, like he's not there right. yet. Like he's not at that, at that. He can't go. His his mission of the night is not yet uh, accomplished. Well, and it's interesting because one of the things he was trying to do with his mission of the night was get on that bus and just take it and get somewhere. And that's an example of somebody who didn't help him, who called him a scrounger, a beggar, yelled at him, was mean to him in that moment and puts him back on the street. Uh, and that's when he ends up, you know, back with James Tart. So that's the, 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 the practical effect of somebody not helping Beard when he needed help was Beard getting his ass literally kicked. Yeah. Uh, and so I just, I think that that's pretty telling here, uh, that, that we've got this. And yeah. The, the keys thing, definitely an after hours shout out as well. Like that is a, you know, there's a wallet and keys thing going on in that movie. I know I don't really remember the details of it to remember if it mapped one to one. Uh, but I, I do plan to watch it and watch it in, 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 con- in concert with this Ted Lasso episode. Yeah. So at some point, maybe we'll mention that on a podcast, but, uh, I, I just the, uh, the, the the keys i think mary is the third the the seamstress that gives them back to him and beard says to her in that scene in all my happiest memories i'm single yeah uh and you know the the roid ken is listed as do not answer on her phone like there's so are these there are these other through lines that run throughout the episodes like or the episode like i said whether it's him emerging from something uh, being reborn in a way whether it's the keys whether it's the moon uh whether it's all the stuff about relationships and beard needing jane to say i love you uh, her saying it, but then doing what she did about it, him literally telling God, like, I know that she won't fix me. The world just seems more interesting when she's around. And it seems like Beard is willing to trade complacency and comfort for interesting uh, because he's given a, there, I would say uh, Beard and Jane, definitely very interesting, not necessarily very good, yeah. but very interesting. And it seems like that's what this guy, whatever his name is, he wants. He wants interesting, not comfort, not calm, not, uh, not safety. He wants interesting. That's what he's looking for. And that's what he gets with you. Yeah, yeah, he does. But interesting is not always great. No, interesting not at all. can be very, very, very dangerous. Sometimes just a little boring is where you want it. Right. And that may be the cure for what else Beard. I mean, Beard's mom, as we've heard, full-blown QAnon. Right. That's certainly interesting. Yeah. It's not good, not good, but it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we can see why this guy might be... Drawn uh, to some of this stuff, yeah drawn to some of this yeah yeah um not to get too freudian no 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 for sure um not everything is our mother's not everything but uh many things are not our mother's fault we are adults we are determined to break these we're breaking the cycle inheriting we're gonna break the cycle um well let's break the podcast unless you've got free kicks anything that we haven't touched on over the course of this episode 
the Marcus Mumford cover of Blue Moon as James Tart is beating down. Yeah, we weren't uh, going to get buddies. Mumford uh, off of the show. Like, come on. <laughs> no. Maybe his sons, yeah, but, but Mumford? Yes. Well, there's some problems with some of those uh, sons. So uh, once, uh, once Jeff Tweedy elbowed his way in, you knew Mumford had to try to one up yeah, there of course. Uh, and say, listen, it's my show yeah, too, yeah, right, yeah, buddy? Yeah, yeah. Um, but that is a, it is of a, of a companion, certainly, with him singing You'll Never Walk Alone from season one at the end of season one. Um, You'll Never Walk Alone, famously uh, the the club uh, song of my club, uh, Liverpool Football Club, the club that I support. Blue Moon, of course, the song of Manchester City. They're really leaning in on the villainy of Manchester City in this. We have Manchester City fans, supporters beating up uh, Coach Beard while their song is being sung in a melancholy way. Like just like Man City is like they, I don't whoever is writing the show is all out on Man City. It's an easy punching bag to be fair, but uh, but they are the the heavy villains of the show, and the way that that song is presented here certainly adds to that. Um, I at some point, if anybody has any uh, opinions on this, I'd love to know what uh what club song you'd like to hear uh Marcus Mumford sing in series three. Uh, I I'm partial to uh, I'm forever blowing bubbles uh from West Ham, so that would be very funny uh, to hear him find some way to sing that in his like you know purposefully Malden way but like it would be very funny to hear him sing some other club song so it'll be it'll be i feel like i feel like they're going to do it like i feel like he's going to sing another football song in series three it's just a matter of what it will be so that in and of itself is a pattern uh the other needle drops in the episode as i said hello definitely a banger loved 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 that in that moment uh but there's just a lot of other really uh really good ones this shows uh music budget uh is i mean it's, it's apple, apple right yes so, i was just gonna say yes uh like there's probably whatever they, whatever they like, want uh yeah. everything the light touches is our kingdom and pride rock <laughs> is huge there's probably a way that they have like rigged the google seo yeah. so that if like you're googling the name or lyrics from one of these songs in the 72 hours after the ted lasso episode posts like you're gonna get linked to apple music instantly. very likely supremely likely uh yeah I'll, and i'm i was just like i was in a good mood the moment i heard jeff tweedy's voice i was like okay i think this episode i'm in good hands they're like mostly good hands uh yeah uh i have never been to vegas uh, have you been to vegas uh, i know as a have. child as a boy as a wee as a oh, wee shot yeah that's where you take children on vacation in the wiggler I family is vegas i don't entirely know how that happened did you get to the hoover dam at least uh, i have no like i was really young uh, like very like a three year old in Vegas. I was like no, but I was like single digits, deaf. Uh, like no doubt about it. I was like probably like somewhere in that like six to eight range ish, and really probably I and I didn't want to say it because like the six to nine range I think is probably nice. <laughs> uh, more accurate. Uh, and nice. I don't know why we were there, but I know I went to, um, what is it? Excalibur. Uh, it's the Vegas, uh, medieval times. Yeah. I believe. Excalibur. I believe is what it's so called. You were taken there as a six to nine year old. Yeah. And I definitely saw some pamphlets on the street, uh, that would be very curious whether or not I was six to nine years old. <laughs> oh no. Promoting adult materials. Yeah. Yeah. For the bunny range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can't really speak no, to Beard's Vegas no. take, but I feel like I have I friends feel like who go. I have friends who go, uh, who go to Vegas, and like anybody that I know that goes to Vegas goes for two days. 
Yeah, it's commonly believed, I think, that the, the, the one is fine. Let me tell you is, something is I'm perfect. not going to do much. is fly across the country for two days of fun. That that sounds awful to me. That even makes that even assumes that it would be fun. What unless it's like a work trip that I have to go, or there is like a lights out event that like I've been waiting my entire life for, or whatever you know, like in Vegas, like why <laughs> I'm not going just to go to Vegas for two days. So let me ask you a question: What's going like, to get me I've to never, Vegas? Is that the question? I want to. I want to. I want to give you a specific. Yeah. I. I am. I've said this on this podcast. I'm a, a big, big, big fan of the Beatles. I have been since I was about 12 years old. One of the first CDs ever given to me was the White Album. My parents were big fans of the Beatles. Like this is the thing that became an obsession of mine for five or six years, uh, from the time I was like, you know, in the, my early to mid teens to my late teens. Obs- absolutely obsessed with the Beatles. Like all the ephemera, trivia, details, knowledge. Like their third and fourth girlfriends, who they you know yeah, and I, were I, hanging out with in high school. All that shit. I don't think you've shit. done it on the this podcast, but you do a mean John Lennon. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Is that true? Yeah, you've done it. For- I don't remember. I don't remember <laughs> doing John Lennon. I don't think I've even done it on this you podcast. Have, you haven't done I think it on this podcast. That's what I'm I think saying. I think it's relatively You've easy to do. You've definitely done it on Post Recaps before, but we've uh, drained however many thousands of hours or whatever at this point that uh, <laughs> it's easy that you'd forget it. But don't say drain; they'll figure out that we're Colin Robinson. Very, very um, memorable to me. The uh, so this is a long way of saying like there is a Beatles Cirque du Soleil show though. in Vegas. Yeah. We might no, be. we're not. Some of us might be. There is a uh, Beatles Cirque du Soleil show in Vegas called Love. They put out the music for it. You can listen to it. It's sort of this weird like artistic remix where they mix these tracks together but there's this massive Cirque du Soleil performance that goes with it you can't see that anywhere else as far as I know you can only see that in Las Vegas I want to go to Rayo's it's like my dream to go to Rayo's in New York City you can't get a table no, there right no way. they're owned by the people who own them so how am I getting to Rayo's unless I unless I you know find the Sarah Coombs of Rayo's and talk my way in uh, but there's a Rayo's in Vegas where any old schlep can go uh, so I can go to Rayo's. I can see the Beatles show. Like there are things that I would like to do in Vegas, even as somebody who does not enjoy gambling and does not need to go to strip clubs or drink Why all night long. Why go to Vegas when the Wario Casino is <laughs> just a couple <laughs> clicks away at patreon.com yes. slash post show recaps at that $10 level? Gamble it all the way with the patrons do of post show recaps. Why go do to it. Vegas? You could just stay online. Yeah, and it's not, not real even coins. real money, but it does cost you real sanity. Let me get to my specific. Yes. If there was a lost Cirque du Soleil, are you going no, to see I don't it? In think Vegas? So. You're not. Uh, if like Giacchino's involved, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. What if he like re like? What if he worked the score and used the existing law score and worked with them to you know to choreograph this routine? If like, he's there and like it's his music and like he was directly involved in it then i probably would consider going for that but that is what i'm talking about is like there needs to be like a glowing neon sign this is the thing uh otherwise i'm not particularly going uh i'm sure there's lots of people listening to this being like i love vegas and that's great there's lots of glowing neon signs in vegas this is the thing good for you i'm thrilled for you you. (laughs) good for you no genuinely like great you found your thing that's lovely uh not my place uh, Casino gambling is also becoming more and more just like you can do it uh, in most states at this point. Uh, so I'm it's I am becoming concerned, a little less of a. I'm hook. concerned of uh, what what would become of me uh, in Vegas. Like I don't want to. I don't want to know the Vegas Wiggler. I don't want to find out who that guy is. <laughs> I have no interest in meeting that version of myself. 
What if you came back with a beard like <laughs> Alan from The Hangover? A coach what if beard that's all like it takes? Alan from The Hangover? You need a couple dr- couple drinks of uh, Vegas water, uh, and your beard and that, will and, sprout good berries. Uh, wow, well, that that very good berry. I'd be very interested in this. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting. There, there. Are, I know people from the UK go to Vegas, and it's like not only for do they fly days? across. Well, I think for a few days. Like I don't think it's for a week, though. Like I don't think anybody goes to Vegas for a week. I could I mean, be, I, cons- really I could be convinced. Like go to Vegas, have it as like two days of like a of a longer itinerary for some other stuff. You know, like uh, drive through Nevada. Uh, go Maybe to go to Reno. Go to Reno. Go to Lake Tahoe in uh, just a hop and a skip and a jump away. You know, like they're the biggest little city in the world you know, in in Reno. You know, like maybe post show recaps con Las Vegas. That's what's happening. Uh-uh. Josh. No, no, we're in uh, one of the Dakotas. <laughs> I'm not sure which one. It's either north or south. <laughs> I don't think anything. Think is, it's south. I don't think. No, I think it's South no. Dakota's where we're supposed to do that. Uh, anyway, so the Vegas thing, I don't have a real good take on that. Uh. It's uh, it's just, it, I, I mean that it's just funny. Like that's that's the first question that came out of one of their mouths is, "Have you ever been to Vegas?" Like they wanted to know about Vegas immediately. Funny. So that was a thing. Uh, I'm searching my notes to see if there were there were really other things. I don't think there was anything massive. I mean, as I said, we didn't really say enough about uh, Thierry Henry uh, and Lineker uh, there uh, talking to him, but uh, them being his internal monologue, and then I'm not sure if that's actually them. At the club at the end, they happen to be there, having spoken to him throughout the night. There um, is maybe that was real there? as Santa Claus, you know. Uh, I guess that's right. Yeah, I, 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 that's I right. think like yeah, I think you could cut it either way. Like either it's sort of like uh, it's like you know this is like their their presence here is sort of like verification that Beard's exactly where he needs to be. Uh, does that have to be like they are literally there or not? Like I think is uh, you know it just depends on like how you need it to to hit you. Uh, like I do appreciate them there, sort of like the like the Statler and Waldorf at the end of the episode. Uh, just like you know, like yucking it up in their booth, uh, like that that vibe. Uh, with them <laughs> eating the steak, or one of them's eating the steak, and the other one's eyeing the steak. Uh, <laughs> yeah, reaching for a fry for steak can't frites. Do that. Uh, no dice. Can't do that. No dice. Yeah. Just one cornetto. I love that. Yeah, as that's well. good. That's uh, good. The singing. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then of, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's Nelson Road. Um, that is, uh, that's a really good line, uh, right out of, I think, Field of Dreams, uh, probably other things as well, but, uh, certainly great there. Um, I just, I really, uh, I really think this is an episode I would encourage other people, I would encourage everyone to revisit, uh, at some point, uh, without thinking, and I didn't like that episode. I mean, right now, I think it's the lowest score on IMDb of any of the episodes. And I understand that because those are the people that are voting in the moment. Uh, and you know, it's fair to say that in the moment, I understand why people would want something different right now. People wanted to see when that door closed with Sam and Rebecca, what happens not immediately after, although there are some people in the audience who are up against the windows, sickos wanting to see what's happening oh, in that moment. God. Um, but there are definitely people want to see the fallout of that. And I, I, we know that's coming. We know that's coming very soon. I think, uh, Probably in the ep- next episode, it seems. Yeah. Like. So we're headed. Yeah, there. I think so. Uh, I think that we're going to get there. What was it called? No Weddings and a Funeral or something like that is going to be the name of the next episode of Ted Lasso. Uh, I think a fairly evocative title, considering what's at stake on the show right now. Um, not stakes that we are eating at the moment. Um, but we talked about this a little bit last week, just sort of like setting up some of the ideas that could be in play. Uh, certainly the idea of like, 
okay, so like maybe there's some romance that's not going to go the right way, uh, potentially with like Sam and Rebecca. Um, the funeral, are we talking about like uh, getting deeper into what happened with Ted's father? Is that something like I feel like that has to come up? in this next episode as a major point could there be a funeral that is um somebody's uh occupational death right uh like could like somebody lose their job whether they are fired or they rage quit or something else uh so i think uh there's there's a lot of room for interpretation in the title uh and next week does seem like it will be a a big episode we're in the home stretch we've got three more episodes of ted lasso season two and then we're done that's it Unbelievable. Yeah. It flew. It's like flown. only yesterday. It's flown. It's flown. It's gone real fast. Just like Leaf. It, it flew. flew. Absolutely. Um, or he flew, I guess, in this case. All right. We're going to call it there because that is the right note to end this on. Uh, Antonio is at AC Mazzaro on the Twitter machine. How many Z's and R's? It's two Z's, one R. Meep. Moop. Uh, <laughs> moop. Uh, we had we had no weddings and a funeral, which is clearly a four weddings and a funeral shout out. Beard after hours, which after hours we had uh we had do the rightest thing yes. earlier in the season, I know. Uh and I know we had Goodbye Earl, which I feel like was a Dixie Chicks song, so or sorry, the Chicks song. So I don't know um if all these titles have some kind of secondary pop cultural meaning uh or essence. That maybe is something we should have been tracking or we can track. Uh, for the rest of this series. So, um, but that, uh, no wedding. Carol of yeah, the Bells. Uh, there was a movie called Carol. There was, there was shot in Cincinnati, my, my town of Cincinnati. So, just a thought. Yeah, probably it could but Taco Bell could is a be. thing. That's a restaurant. It could so be probably, probably those two things connected. Maybe. Could be. You just don't know. Probably. Sometimes. Uh, just don't know now we are fully energy vampires oh we are god okay eating. let me wrap we it up wrapping it up right okay now. we'll be back we're coming back next week we are <laughs> we're gonna do no weddings and a funeral uh really excited about it really excited to get back to the main action but i thought that this was definitely a really worthy uh episode to, to really sink our teeth into like regular vampires uh i'm at round howard that's where you find me on the twitter bots you can also see me gambling in the wario casino on the post show recaps patreon discord patreon.com slash post show recaps hey our one-year anniversary of the Post Show Recaps Patreon program is coming up really, really soon. We'd love to see you there. We've got some really fun ideas. Think you're going to enjoy it? Consider it. Putting the seed of the idea in there now. No one, look, no one's expecting you to like now, like turn off the podcast. Like, I'll do it today, but just like now, like just like mark it on your thing, like October first. Like consider it. Think about it. It's like uh, it's, it's not far away. Love to have you in here. We've got a huge, amazing Ted Lasso discourse that we're talking about in the Post Show Recaps Patreon Discord. We'd love for you to be a part of it, especially for the end stretch of this season. Think about it. Patreon.com slash Post Show Recaps. With all that said, I think I'm good to wrap this up. Antonio, anything else? That would be a great birthday gift. Just sub for one month. See what you think. That's a birthday gift for Post Show Recaps. Uh, I, you know, I, I... I, as I said, I'm so thankful for all the people that are watching along with us there and posting comments and thoughts and reactions. Uh, it really gives me a sense of the pulse. Like it's, you talk about a Ted Lasso heat check when you've got direct feedback from people whose opinions I value and who I know I uh, have commentary on other things who I've listened to another podcast or whose comments that I've really valued over the years or who I'm, uh, just learning about, uh, in some instances, like, just so valuable to me as a podcaster, but just really as a human being to like see these varied perspectives and try to get an understanding uh, of where people come from and why. Uh, I just really, really appreciate that. So I'm so thankful to everybody that's participating there. I can't say 100% co signed by me. Um, 
One more time. That's patreon.com slash recaps. Okay, we're going to wrap it up here. We will be back next week with more Ted Lasso. Until then, everybody, take care. Bye-bye. Cheers. Beards. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.